0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 83rd episode of the You Thought Sport podcast. I'm here with almost the whole usual cohort, uh, Jared, Lucas, and Wyatt. We've got no Bart this week, Rip Bart. He's mourning Poland's elimination from the Euros today. Um, Who knows when he will be back? Could be months. (laughs) Um, But but for real, Bart is in Poland right now. Um, He'll be back in a week. weeks um so our big fans out there he'll he'll be back we we promise okay um (laughs) you might you know turn this episode off but listen to the next one um anyway in the in the news we missed uh as we start out we've got a bunch of nba news obviously the conference finals are set we're on uh game three of the suns and clippers uh is coming up uh we've got suns 2-0 after a pretty wild game two um, okay. a walk off alley oop essentially.
1: Now um, the third time uh, the Clippers
0: have gone down two oh. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. they, they, have they them right this. where they yeah, want exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Paul George missed those free throws on purpose. On purpose, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Big brain plays. Ex- exactly. Wasn't it's it last wild. year?
2: Who came back from three down one the nuggets? Of the Nuggets, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just gonna be the Clippers thing. It's it's fine um but yeah and we have cp3 is coming back i think for game three he's finally out of covid protocol so
2: he's listed as probable
0: okay i've never seen a probable (laughs) guy not play so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i'd be i'd be a little bit worried if i was the clippers Um, we got hawks and bucks in the east um, they're currently playing game one as we record. What's the, yeah, do we have a <laughs> status well, it's update? It's 108,
2: 105 bucks <clears throat> with two minutes left. Oh,
0: boo, okay. The Hawks were up when I asked. So, what? So.
3: I'm not rooting for the
2: Hawks. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not either. I'm
0: dog. <laughs> I don't like, I hate Trey Young, but I love the Hawks. Anyway. Well, it's 109, 105
2: now, if anybody wants to do the exact to figure out what
0: But in some elimination news, we had the Sixers go down in game seven to the hawks um ben simmons had a um yeah not not fantastic performance and after the game doc rivers was asked whether he thought ben simmons could be the point guard on a championship <clears throat> team and he said i don't know um uh, which is
1: what a terrible answer not a
0: great answer yeah. <laughs> so that's literally the worst way you, you, just, that you gotta act like yeah. you know <laughs>
3: How would how would Ty Lu have answered that? That's my question. You know, at least lie about it. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Even
2: despite how horrific he played, and I'll get into that later because I have thoughts, obviously. But um, he was plus twelve overall in the series, hmm? which is like interesting. Um, so what does plus twelve yeah, I mean, mean, though? Does that mean when he was on when he was on the court? They outscored the Hawks by twelve. Gotcha.
0: What was the Sixers plus for the series? You what was his fourth that? quarter? It's yeah.
2: it like plus fifteen or plus okay. sixteen or something like that. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah,
0: um, but yeah. See. I mean, there are there are other factors, including the Sixers' yes. bench, which is terrible. Um, and yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, Ben's Ben's free throws didn't help, um, or just general scoring didn't help. Though, according to Doc, they have a, a big shooting. Plan in place for for Ben this summer, so yeah. Everyone, <laughs> sharpshooter Ben Simmons what, debuting in camp? next November. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but... Apparently, apparently they're gonna try and
2: get him to sh- like switch the handy he shoots with. What? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> he's I forget which it is. He's either a lefty, oh, but me. he said before in the past he's like I think I was born to be right-handed. Yikes! Oh my okay, <laughs>
3: you can't figure that out in your like fifth season in the NBA <laughs> or whatever
2: season he's on.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be something to watch. Um, But anyway, moving on to some. We're gonna go with some golf news next. Um, As per usual, we got our weekly golf news, and John Rahm won the U.S. Open. um, Only two weeks after having to withdraw from the Memorial Tournament with a six-stroke lead due to a positive COVID test, so he did not test positive for COVID um, during the second or third round this time. So good for John. We're we're happy for him. Wow. Um, this is big. Yeah, COVID-free John. Um, but yeah, moving on to NCAA news, um, news that will not make the NCAA happy. Apparently, they may have to actually pay players. Terrible. They may have to pay the people who make the money. Sad. Um, but the Supreme Court ruled in a 9-0 decision, which is pretty damning, against the NCAA, um, saying that the NCAA can provide unlimited compensation as long it is con- as long as it's connected to their education. They previously put limits on this, uh, but it was ruled as a violation of antitrust laws. Um, we're going to go to our legal correspondent Lucas for <laughs> further insight on the matter. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
2: um, as somebody who has been accepted to law school, and nothing else. I am very much qualified. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I read the opin- part of the opinion too, and it said that basically they could probably push this further as well. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. rule on certain things, like endorsements and other things like that, just because it wasn't mm-hmm. brought up in this case specifically. So, um, I'm interested to see if there'll be some sort of court case in the future mm-hmm. uh, aimed at sort of, like, hinting at the legality of endorsements and stuff. Like, if somebody were to, like, challenge any sort of ban on that, eventually it would work <laughs> its way up to the Supreme Court and they'd that after
0: rule. Yeah, so. and it, it seems like the Supreme Court is really big fan. Is a really big fan of paying the players, so... Interesting, interesting thing to learn this week. Um, And then finally, we're going to go to some NFL news. Uh, We had Carl Nassib is the first out active NFL player. Um, Raiders defenseman came out this week. um, And the next day, he had the top-selling jersey in the NFL. I think it was generally warmly received, which is is good in a kind of changing sports world. So, Um, yeah, good news there. And finally, in some exciting nascar slash nfl hybrid news (laughs) a great crossover we have alvin kamara is now an ambassador for nascar um and this is a move that's going to change both sports we know it um it's going to change the sports (laughs) landscape um that we know today uh it's yeah it's it's a pretty crazy move so alvin i don't know if he's going to be suiting up next year or maybe he's going to be tempted by the nascar life and driving a car we'll we'll see it's tbd um but anyway that's about all of, of what we missed there's nothing else that we missed that's it um nothing else happened last week um but to start out uh with the show we're gonna after the first round we went over our nba varsity and jv teams for our, our most and least impressive performers in the first round of the playoffs we're back again now that the second round of the playoffs is complete um, and we're gonna start with you wyatt who's on your varsity team for round two
1: all right, cue, cue the background music because I added two extra people onto mine. Shoot. I added a coach spot, all right? Oh, so God. I have Violet. head coach spot goes to Tai Lu with his assistant Nate McMillan. They were both too good for me to pass up. I thought both coaches made some really great adjustments in their respective underdog series. But the reason why that Tai Lu got the nod is because he was playing with or he was coaching without Kawhi, and Nate McMillan at least had all of his stars. So I'm going to give kudos to both of them for uh, making good adjustments and putting both the series away. Number one <laughs> on my spot goes to playoff P, not pandemic P. He was sitting on a JV bench last week. But <laughs> the Robin put on the Batman suit and he closed out the Jazz. I think he had a great performance to finish the series. And it would have been yeah. easy for him and the Clippers to just kind of throw in the towel. Uh-huh. But 37 and 28 without Kawhi was really good. And obviously they moved on, even though it's, you know, what, we'll, we'll worry about the third round later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trey young, the villain wins again. Uh, and even with a shoddy game seven, he stayed confident and he was ready to strike. So applause to him. He scores the high clip. He does what he does really well. And I think he's exceeded expectations for his playoff debut. So he gets a second spot yeah. on our yep. varsity team, Kevin Durant. I did not think that the series would go seven. Mm-hmm without brooklyn's other two stars but duran did whatever he could to keep brooklyn alive i think he proved that during the, that series that he's the best player alive right now in the nba yeah and uh <clears throat> he had the best game of his career in a game seven in the second round of the playoffs against a really good bucks team so i'm gonna give him credit for that
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. devin booker another playoff debut gone right i think it was time for him to finish the, the sweep <laughs> And he put up 34. The series was so long ago, I actually forgot that they even <laughs> played. So, yeah, him. Yeah. I think he's shown a lot of growth in his, in the NBA so far. And I think this postseason, he's been really poised, calm, and uh, very professional. So, I, I, I like watching Devin Booker play. We're going to see it going on forward. I think it's going to be a good career for him. And Chris Paul, two sons make the final list because they actually ended up sweeping their series, like I said. I think it's unfair to talk about the Suns without Chris Paul. CP3 is known more for his passing prowess and his ball security, but in Game Four he showed off a little bit of scoring ability as well—a team-high 37 points. Tell the rest of the NBA, you messed up not trading for me two summers ago, and now he's going to make everyone pay for it. So, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, <laughs> is a, is Kevin Durant, yep, revenge yeah, Revenge, Trey Young, Paul George, coached by Ty Lue and Nate McMillan. Okay, Jared, how's the list? <laughs>
3: It's a good list. I don't I think I would have loved to see Terrence Mann on there, but no. Yeah. no I'm just kidding. Uh yeah. I don't really have any gripes with it actually. I I mean I think Giannis had a pretty good case yeah. as well. Um mm-hmm. we'll get into that later too. But uh <laughs> yeah. I don't really have too many gripes with that list, to be honest. It's a good one. Lucas?
2: Yeah. I do too. I think uh I like the Tyloo inclusion especially. I texted this in our podcast group chat that we had the other day, but I think we me especially, but also everybody else here have really uh, like You know, not treated Tyloo the kindest. kindest, Be like, oh, he only was carried to his title by LeBron. Like, I don't know how good of a coach he actually is. But, like, it's been an impressive coaching performance. Like, he's taken him farther than Doc Rivers did. Um, He, like, coached him to win two straight games without his best player. And while, like, I don't know, like, only winning one championship with LeBron and Kyrie and all them may have been a little bit of underachieving. I do think he is... A much better coach than I've ever to Give him credit for, regardless of what happens from this point forward. So yeah, good for Tyloo. Yeah, because okay. that like
0: small ball lineup like really just took like Rudy Gobert exactly. like out of the game. Uh-huh. Like that's exactly. you know, yeah. a yeah. huge part of the Jazz. So yeah. Well, another done honorable
3: mention too <laughs> was uh Reggie Jackson's playing super well for the Clippers mm-hmm. during that yeah, series. Yeah. <clears <clears <throat> yeah,
0: yeah, I, I had a,
2: I agree. Uh, yeah. I
0: Go ahead.
1: Sorry, no, wait, you no. go. I was just saying. I agree. You go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: can I add a Sixers honorable mention? Yeah. Was, yeah. That's the last time. Oh, Seth it's Seth Curry. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Seth, Curry. Yeah. Seth Curry played, like, his brother in that series. He was their only offense for, like, the last three or four games. Like, they, I think he hit his first six threes or seven threes in one of the games, too. He was just, like, absolutely going He's, off. And, like,
0: yeah. Yeah.
2: one of their, like, oh, uh, yeah, I think their game plan, like, towards the end was just, like, okay, get the ball to Embiid, and if not to Embiid, Seth Curry, and let <laughs> nobody... Like, it was, I think, in game five, the, um the one where they blew the 26-point lead, the only two Sixers to score in this whole second half were Seth Curry and Joel Embiid. What? Um, oh, yeah. my gosh. It's insane. So, yeah. But Seth Curry played fantastically. I don't know if he's, like, you know... He's coming off the bench for the varsity squad, I think, in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, he shot, like, 60% from three. He was yeah. A, yeah, he's <laughs> averaging over 20 points a game. Yeah, it really was, like, <clears throat> yeah, an impression of his brother. even Even better at times, so... Um. yeah yeah i wanted to add another loser to the mix as well donovan mitchell really did the most he tried oh, yeah. um he and yeah uh, he the jazz getting eliminated was not due to him he scored 35 a game he's hitting 45 percent of his threes um so yeah a my only problem with deserves mitchell an honorable mention yeah. yeah
3: yeah he deserves an honorable mention my only yeah. problem with him is his shot selection in the uh, in like the last couple minutes of each of mm. like games of games uh, five and six, were kind of questionable. Like he was shooting up mm. kind of some wild threes, and I think he like mm. airball, he like kind of bricked a couple or like mm. hit him off the backboard. You know, yeah. that's that's like it's I know, the yeah, game, yeah. At the end of the game, at the end of the game, it kind of counts a little bit yeah. more. So. Yeah, yeah, and it keeps He did. Later. He did have some crazy like uh, driving the lanes, like getting clobbered and still somehow and yeah, yeah, he yeah. did have a couple. Those were good though. Yeah. Yeah. All very
1: good point yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, now moving on to our <laughs> dishonorable mentions. The the JV team. Would anyone la- like to throw out some names?
2: <laughs> Lucas. I have a, full, I have a
0: full list Wyatt. <laughs> Sorry, Wyatt. Go ahead. Yeah. You me- I'm
1: gonna go through the full list. I think I know where Lucas <laughs> is gonna go, and I think mean, Jared, I'm gonna grind your gears as well. So I'm a head coach for my uh. JV team and an assistant coach, head coached by Doc Rivers himself. Indoors. <laughs> <laughs> With an assistant, Mike Budenholzer, Jared. I know it's going to grind your gears. They won! I'm starting <laughs> to, won. to think that both coaches wrote their game plans on a stone tablet because neither of them really wanted to make any adjustments whatsoever. Bud could have uh, put away the Nets in five or six if they had used three of his all-NBA defenders to double-team KD at any point. But Doc Rivers blows another lead with a better team. And uh, Lucas, I don't know if you can clarify for me, but I believe it was a 26-point lead that they blew at some point in the series. So, very unreal.
2: And an an 18-point lead in the game before that. Lead after lead, it's
1: not good, which gives Doc Rivers my head coach spot.
2: Doc Rivers' commitment to playing all bench lineups, or like all bench (laughs) plus Tobias Harris lineups in the playoffs, which ended up being like, there was some combination of their bench players. I think it was George Hill, Matisse Thybulle, and Dwight Howard. When the three of them on their floor were on the floor, their their minus was like minus twenty nine or something like that. Like there was absolutely no reason for them for like Doc to do that in the playoffs. Like I don't understand how this man could coach the NBA for so long and just not understand like in the playoffs. Like your bench shortens; you're not going to play like five like five bench guys at the same time. And it's just infuriating. But anyway, so I endorse that choice. <laughs>
1: Well, you'll endorse this. I got Ben Simmons, who's taking up not, not only the number one spot here, but he's the team captain of my JV squad.
2: I put, it, I put in my notes. Um, I don't know if Ben would make the JV middle school basketball team that I coached last year. If we're oh talking my. about JV team. Trey Young was
1: trying his hardest to become the he's most hated player year. in Philly, and Ben Simmons decided to take that away from him. <laughs> he entered the series yeah. as a bad free throw shooter. He left the series as one of the worst free throw shooters in the NBA. Yeah, and pair that with his lack of aggression on offense, especially in the fourth quarter, just lands him a primetime spot here on our JV.
2: Can I add a few things onto this? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, no. um, he was. He has the worst free throw percentage in NBA history. Um, in like a single postseason yeah. of all qualifying players. Wow. If anybody wants to take a guess at what that number is. 34% 12, right? Or, no, that 12. is uh, that is on the head. Yeah. Correct.
3: Yeah. 34.
0: 34%. Shaq had the previous record right? <laughs>
2: yes. And, and the, so the only people to shoot below 40% in the yeah. playoffs <laughs> are Shaq, Wilt, and Ben Simmons. So elite company Wilt. for Ben Simmons. <laughs> um, and then in the um in the fourth quarter, does anybody want to guess how many games he took a shot in the fourth <laughs> quarter of the seven?
1: I I think I know. Is it zero?
2: It's two. Okay. He oh. was two, I think he was two for two in game one, and then one for one in game three, and then didn't take a shot otherwise. In but he four. was oh so good. Gosh. That's 100%. <laughs> <He watched>
0: it. <laughs> um,
2: and it was all just perfectly summed up in the... Uh, uh, There were, like, three minutes left. They were down by two um, in game seven. And he had a literal wide-open dunk. And he dribbles. There are two defenders crashing in on him, but they're not going to get there. But they are crashing in enough to get to the guy across the lane from him, who is Matisse Stiebel. And instead of going up for the dunk, he goes up and just chucks it to Matisse Stiebel, who is covered by two guys, (laughs) who just gets fouled. And, like... I like I genuinely feel bad for him. Like there there has to be something like mental going on where you have a wide open dunk and you're 6'10 and you don't take it. Like I I feel <laughs> I bad for him. I think he was to afraid
1: degree. to go to the free, free throw line. Oh. And, ha- yeah, and have to mm-hmm. put the game on that as- or put the outcome of the game on that aspect of his game. You know, I mm-hmm. I think that those his both go hand in hand and if he doesn't want to be fouled and he can't he's useless anywhere else on the court other than in the paint where he's going to get fouled. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> number three in my or number two on my uh JV team is Joe Harris. Some role yeah. players are gonna have to step yeah. up for the Nets mm-hmm. for the Nets to win, and Harris made sure it was not him. The sharpshooter <laughs> went seven of twenty six in the last uh, four games behind the arc against the Bucks, and it probably could have made all the difference had he had hit <laughs> one or two more in any given game. So not a very good look. And I got the next one, James Harden with an asterisk. Yeah. I feel bad for putting him on here, but we have to talk about it. Uh, I want to give him a round of applause for his effort. It was admirable play despite having a poor hamstring, but in Game 7, he went 2-12 behind the arc, and his playoff woes seem to continue to live to see another year, you know? Yeah. It's just another same old story for James Harden.
3: In the first game he came back, he he would did
1: nothing. Oh, he was just I, occupying space. Yeah, I, yeah.
3: I don't remember which game. But he played the whole game. He played was, the game yeah, really like, 10 game. Like, he had no points in the had, first half, I don't think. Did he, I think he had five. Yeah, I think total he finished with five. The ball. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's out there for his defense, let's be honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> he was
1: useless. He just let people I, I run just, by him. I did not. I, you know what, understand Jared, that, Here's yeah. another thing, too. Game five, when you have James Harden out there, why isn't Mike Budenholzer just having everybody switch on James Harden and be like, go ahead? Honestly have though. him guard and then take him off because i know it's like it's it's t- kind of mean i guess you could say to to pick on him but if he's out there you gotta pick on him and that i mean that's just another, the level of adjustments and the bucks offense all year it's just very frustrating to watch
0: yeah i mean like you yeah. could literally pick on anyone on the nets at that point besides kd like just as you mentioned like just double or triple kd no one else was doing anything joe let, harris wasn't doing them, anything. Yeah. If like Joe Harden Harris do goes anything. like
1: eight for eight behind the three and he wins them a game, you're yeah. going to have to live with that because you you probably get a bet that he's not going to do it again. But yeah. you can bet that KD is going to go for 45 for three games or so. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway,
1: next up I got Aaron Gordon. Does anybody remember Aaron mm. Gordon? Because I actually forgot that he was in the playoff sale. Yeah. Uh, and that he was even <laughs> on the Nuggets until I read the box scores. A total of 18 mm-hmm. points in the last three games. And without Murray, they needed to have a little bit more help from the all-star that they traded for.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. And last and certainly not least, Rudy Gobert. I actually have breaking mm-hmm. news Gobert has been banned from winning any more Defensive Player of the Year awards.
3: <laughs> oh my God. When on
1: the court in late games, he was more of a liability than an asset, and the Clippers <laughs> went small ball with a predominantly winging lineup, and Rudy Gobert couldn't guard a single one of them. He is actually, since Jared, we just learned what plus minus is, he was minus 24 <laughs> when he was on the wow. court. So. Uh, And zero blocks in that last game. So it was not a good look for Rudy Gobert for his rim-protecting prowess. But Rudy Gobert, Aaron Gordon, James Harden, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, coached by uh, Doc Rivers, and Mike Budenholzer. Mm -hmm. Hold Nice. I endorse
2: it. Yeah, I mean that's basically who I had on. <laughs> yeah, as well. the top
0: three.
3: I think Rudy exactly Gobert is a little yeah. harsh. No, but a... no, 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 Rudy didn't Gobert on there. No, go... Rudy Gobert is absolutely on there. I don't know about that. He didn't go crazy. He wasn't like crazy bad or good in the series. But I think we're kind of like we have second, Game six, six still, still stuck man. in our mind, mm. and yeah, he was a liability?
0: Oh <laughs> yeah. god, yeah. You forgot about the Sixers' entire bench, or that can just be the bench of the JVT. <laughs> all of them anyway. I
3: mean he was Gobert was pretty close to like what his season averages were in points before, yeah, that, rebounds, yeah. Blocks but
0: his and... like his whole like defense of aspect the felt like a can't little toned measured. down yeah exactly yeah. Players, <laughs> don't look at the stats you won't find it there yeah <laughs> exactly yeah um, but yeah, um, but, yeah no, I, I think we're we're all in agreement as to who, who got cut from the varsity team um, yeah. but it's we're gonna move on now to talking a bit more about the bucks. Uh we saw the bucks they'd lost in the last in the second round two years in a row despite I think in both years being the top seed, right? Or being a top 2 seed. Um I, I think what... they were the top seed in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but they're they're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals finally. Um they may have not had a great game 1 as we have we have just we have this just in <laughs> um <laughs> this will be old news people too, are saying <laughs> yeah, <the> people are... <laughs> the rumors, our guy on the ground saying, in milwaukee is relaying that, the news dude, <laughs> i just got a call from milwaukee that, I, that the hawks have won trey young has done it again um oh, but anyway just the fact that the bucks are in the the eastern conference finals does this change the narratives around Giannis at all jared what are your thoughts
3: yeah, I mean it does change the narratives. I had to listen to Wyatt tell me, "Where are you going to get a bucket from Giannis at the end of the game?" And he showed you in Game Seven. He just goes into the lane, backs KD down, and goes over the top of him. And that's what he and that's what he can do. Like everybody was skewering Giannis uh, earlier in the series when he was taking threes and making some, you know, pretty questionable shots, shot selections. And then when he really got going was when he just said, "Screw the three ball." I'm just doing what I'm good at. I'm bigger and stronger than most p- people, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna back people down. Obviously, in transition, he's gonna do what he does. But in the half court, you can get a bucket with Giannis. He backed KD down, like I said, and just goes over the top. You don't need to have. Sure, he he could have a mid range. He doesn't need a three pointer though, and he's not a two. He's a one. He can lead a championship team. I think. Obviously, definitely. I have not seen game one. Uh, the how the game one ended. Maybe he like bricked. I mean, his free throws. During the series, he was below 50%. He might have, like, blown some free throws during this game. Great I, I, game one against the Hawks. But I think you got re, to re-evaluate, reevaluate Giannis a little bit. And he hasn't really been a star for that long either. So I think there's been plenty of other players who haven't, like, quite develop, fully developed their skills. And I think Giannis is still developing. And he's not a two. Wyatt, your thoughts?
1: Uh, well, you know what? I think you're right. He is still developing because as far as offensively goes, the frustrating thing for me about Giannis and the Bucks is I don't think that they put him in a position to succeed. I'm not saying that Giannis is a bad player. He's a two-time MVP defensive player of the year. He's a good player in the NBA. But anytime he shoots up a three with five seconds in the, into the shot clock, it's a wasted <laughs> possession. Anytime he, when he got the ball at the end of the game in game seven to shot, shoot that fadeaway, Everybody knew that wasn't going in. and hit the side of the backboard. Giannis' okay, game well- is very... No, hold on, Jared. Giannis' <laughs> game is very limited. And the fact that they don't... That they give him the ball at the top of the key or they turn him into this point forward where he has to dribble the ball up the court is bad for him. He's really good in transition and he's really good mm-hmm. when he gets set up. Because he can, he can catch he can catch lobs. He can get fed into the post. But when Giannis has to take it from the top of the key, he makes Blake Griffin look like a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. give him the ball in the post let him stay in the post and be in the paint he's probably more of a center than he is a small forward but the the way that the bucks put him out there they just they they don't put him in a position to to succeed their offense is very frustrating to watch
2: i don't know if you can say that though they've advanced to the conference finals like it's working whatever they're doing no
1: i don't i don't think it's working i think they caught a break and like in teams I, catch breaks to win championship, but I mean you you can't tell me that James Harden on two legs or even uh, Kyrie Irving healthy or all, definitely if all three stars are healthy that they're going to be able to win past that series. What if they're, yeah, what but with if... like
2: uh, uh, with the, uh, a fully oiled machine of the box, like even <laughs> where everybody's playing at their like optimal peak in like the correct position as you see it, could they even win a game versus like a full strength Nets? I don't know if that's true either. So I think it's like I don't know. I don't think that you know they only won the series because of the injuries. I think that they had guys playing well as well. Like yeah. Giannis scored like 40 points in the in game 7. Yeah. 13 rebounds. Yeah. And that and that while only shooting 8 of 14 from the free throw line. Like I I think they're doing what they need him to do in this system and I think that's okay. Yeah.
0: I have noted there's no doubt in my mind that Giannis is a one um but I I don't I'm not convinced that they would have won the series without the injuries, just because I think the Nets, when they're healthy, are intimidating. Um, yeah. I think with even mm-hmm. just two two healthy guys, I think they might have won the series. Um, the thing that I do disagree with, though, is whether Giannis is still developing. I don't, it doesn't feel like he is. And that's the frustrating thing. I mean, like, Giannis hasn't it's not like he's improved his shooting game his like three game or his free throw game that much over the past couple of years. Right. Like over the past two or three years, mm-hmm. like, I feel like he's, he's the same player that he was two or three years ago, but is still a really good player. And still, I think of a, a one. Um, and I think still a guy who could, who's like, could take them to the finals, obviously, and could potentially win the finals. I don't doubt yeah. that. I just don't, I don't really see Giannis developing into more than what he currently is. Um, maybe that's lack of faith in Giannis, but I just, I just <laughs> but, don't see it. I mean, it. is that... And that's okay. It's like a huge like, issue? No, yeah, like no I, I think that's okay, given that he's really good. Um, but I just, I don't think he's developing at this point. I think w- we see what Giannis is and what he's going to be at the moment.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't think that's okay. I think that's a problem
2: because... <laughs> if you have a guy who's on your team who can score 40 points in a game seven, who yeah. can lead you to a conference finals. Like I think you have to be okay it, with that. But
1: yeah. It, he, they caught a break. If they get, if they, if they do the same thing again next year and they run into the nets, they're not going to make it. Cause you know what? They're going to run into the nets at some point, whether it's the Eastern conference finals or the second round or even the first round or some somehow something like that happened. But I mean, these teams are going to continue to get better. I know that the heat are going to make some trades. They could get better. Uh, you know, the 76ers can make a trade and they could get better. And the, and the fact that if they're going to run back the same team, Giannis has to add a little bit more to his game because just being a guy that gets in the paint. Cause I, I tell you what, most of the bigs in the NBA right now, even Joel Embiid, who might be the best big in the game and Jokic are able to shoot and somewhere else on the field. I agree with Jared. I don't believe that he has to be this three point shooter because I don't think that everybody has to shoot threes in the NBA. But to shoot a mid from the elbow, to be able to fade away in the post is something that I think is a valuable skill that he has to have. And if this, if the shoot was on the other foot, and Giannis were to ask to go blow for blow against KD, I don't believe, <laughs> okay. I don't believe this is even close.
3: Okay, but yeah, but they're completely different scorers. You're not going to see Giannis doing that yeah. turnaround border almost three like turnaround jumper no. to ice the game. Like, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to that.
1: compare apples to oranges and make them the same player. You just but, said you just said you just said he's going blow to blow. With Katie, but because though. no, but because he's so limited offensively, I don't believe that he's going to be able to just go and get a bucket wherever he wants to on his own. But if you're fifty-seven percent, you kind of are doing
3: it whenever you want to. But he's fifty-seven like, percent field goal percentage. But if Jared
1: the eye test, I I do this thing <laughs> the called the eye, eye test, <laughs> and I watch him play. He is great in transition, and he is great when he's being fed the ball, when when on the late pass or anything like that, the pick and roll, wherever he wants wherever he wants to be fed the ball. When somebody makes a play, he's great. But when he has to catch the ball at the top of the key, he can't go anywhere.
3: And don't make him catch it. the ball there. Do a that's pick the roll. problem, but he, does. <laughs> but
1: he does. That's the problem. He They always give him the ball at the top of the key. They make him a point forward. I don't think he's that player. If they want to make him a post player, that's fine. But he has to know that he's a post player. And the coach has to know he's a post player. Because that's a, Jared, he's still shooting up threes, five seconds into yeah. the shot clock.
0: Mm-hmm. if he but plays yeah, like a post player, like, that's yeah. fine
1: but he doesn't and he has to know his strengths and I don't believe that he, I think he's starting to prove a point that he's a better blah 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 etc
3: you know wherever oh, yeah. else in the court I think I think some of that got in his head a little bit and he was yeah he was like oh I should work on my game kind of like in the mm-hmm. middle of a playoff series Yeah, definitely not, <laughs> definitely not don't don't do that but <laughs> yeah I don't know yeah could Giannis develop like a nice uh, like turnaround jumper, sure. Yes. Was anybody gonna make that shot though at the end of the game that you kept that you kept going back to? I don't think anybody was gonna make that shot. Where you're I think it would have been a lot closer. <laughs> It was a bad shot, but I don't yeah. think KD would have made that shot. Yeah. I don't yeah. think KD would have hit, sh- <laughs> hit the rim. Would have made that shot. Would have. That's like a freaking horse. That's a horse or pig shot right there. Yeah. Fading away, fading away to the baseline.
0: Exactly. Just trying to shoot. Watch over me. The yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that play wasn't even designed for him to get the
1: ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: talking about yeah, play design and coaching. We've seen. Obviously, Budenholzer talked a lot on the, the hot seat for the past couple of years after the Bucks mm-hmm. got eliminated. Does this secure his job? Does he need to make the finals? Does he need to make a championship? What are our thoughts? I think it buys him one more year. Yeah, in the mm. very least. Mm.
2: Like, I think, I mean, there's a tangible sign of progress at this point that he can point to and say, "Hey, we got further than we've gotten before." Mm. I think that like that buys him one more year. Now, if they like crash out of the playoffs early next year, like I could see them you know giving him the hook pretty quickly but i think you can point to this as a tangible sign of progress and just sort of say okay like um you know we weren't here last year we've advanced a little further i think he can make the argument that like with players coming in like drew holiday we can tinker whatever even if they crash out this round so i think he gets one more year at the very least i think i think you know
3: i think it still kind of depends on how this series goes if they get if they lose in like five or get swept yeah. uh that's that's not looking good for him but mm-hmm. i don't know if they go six or seven i, I wouldn't see them getting mm-hmm. rid of him
0: yeah because if you're the mm-hmm. bucks like brass and you see like the hawks or a much younger team and obviously mm-hmm. you know the five seed like come in and and like beat the bucks especially in like say yeah, five or six games I know. I think they should probably think about it. I think you're right, though, Lucas. That I don't know if they haven't pulled the trigger already. After like mm-hmm. last year, there was a lot of talk about it. Um, I think that they made it an extra round this year. At least we'll probably give him another year. Whether that's right or not. I don't know.
1: And I think that would be <laughs> the worst thing that the Bucks. Did. <laughs> the, the, I think the worst thing that can happen to the Bucs this offseason, and hear me out through all this, is mm-hmm. that they win a championship and they believe that they figured it out. And they have no changes to make, and Giannis doesn't have to get better, and Coach Bud has done everything right up until this point. That's because the he cares the, thing who, who cares thing at, that, who cares happen, at you know? that point, though? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they already have a. <laughs> ch- they want the to have, they have exactly. success. They have to find areas to grow. <laughs> They'll get their first title <laughs> since
0: like the seventies. I would definitely. I would take mortgage t- everything for exactly. one title. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, to correct the record, I think we've been saying they haven't made the conference finals in the last two years. They did make it in 2019 against the Raptors. They oh. were, they went up 2-0, oh, and then oh, they yeah. lost four yeah. straight. Yeah. So yeah. it's still the record, progress as you, opposed because, to last yeah. year. But yes, yeah. yeah. but, yeah.
1: but my point is is that is that he Budenholzer was on my JV team for a reason. It's because you just they don't like I said they don't use Giannis right and they could have just double teamed Kevin Durant with three of his all the NBA defenders at any point during the series. I thought they should have put him away in five. You know, it took him seven. I just don't like I I'm not seeing anything different out of Holzer, and I just think that they're catching a break. And a lot of championship teams do. That's fine. But if they want to be a team that is going to continue to win championships, I would bet more on some of the other coaches like Nate McMillan or Ty Lu or, you know, uh, I'm forgetting the name of the Suns coach right now. Monty Williams. Monty Williams. I just feel like that they've done a better job coaching a team with severe was far less talent cuz none of those teams have a two-time NBA player or uh, NBA MVP on their
2: team. I I think he was uh, he was out he out-coached Steve Nash in the last round. Steve like, what's
1: the expectation for Steve Nash? Okay, yes, that's true. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's fair. I, I got into his head when I saw him in person the other day. too. So. Right. <laughs> like Threw him off a little bit.
3: Um, well yeah, you can point to the Hawks uh, getting rid of their what Lloyd Pierce at the start of the year and then promoting Nate McMillan and yeah, now they yeah. have like the what don't they have the best records since he got promoted? Like one of the best records in the NBA. They do, think, yeah. so <clears throat> you can't make that case. You look at yeah, you look at Ty Lu and what he's been able to do, at least some sort of mindset change or something mm-hmm. with the Clippers, where they were blowing leads last year and now they're coming back from deficits. And I think there is a point to make to be made. Maybe they haven't reached their ceiling, but to the point is he going to be is his job secure? I think it's pretty much secure.
1: secure. I just feel like this is like a Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr thing. Because when it, Mark mean, Jackson could, got fired, like, I was like, I don't think you're wrong. I was yeah. like, that's kind of interesting yeah. that they fired Mark Jackson. I thought they were getting right. better. Yeah. And then they ended up becoming they ended up winning 73 games, yeah, you know, down with Steve mm-hmm. Kerr. And I think that Mike Booneholzer may have just he's done a great job until up until this point he's won some coach of the year awards and now it's time for them to move on and grow farther past the point that he's taken him because his his way of thinking has obviously has an end point and it has not evolved very much because i mean like they've gotten to the eastern conference finals in 2019 but they didn't get any farther than that they didn't get farther than that the next year or the next or, and then this is this year so it just might be a Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr thing where we go, thank you, bud. You know, you've done great. And he goes on. He'd probably be a coach somewhere else and they do a great job there too. And then and then Giannis finally develops into a player that we expect him to be into a far more efficient and more
0: skilled superstar. Yeah.
3: Only time will tell.
0: Only time will tell. Uh, but looking into the future... So, starting out with, we've got the, the Western Conference Finals, which have already begun, uh, but we're going to make predictions anyway, um, <laughs> and see if anyone decides to bet on the Clips. Um, but, Lucas, we're going to start with you. Who's going to make it out in the Western Conference? Is it, is it going to be the Suns, as it seems like it may be, or, or do we have surprises? Do we see another 2-0 comeback coming?
2: Yes, exactly. So now, like the Clippers have them right where they want them. They're down to nothing as they've won the last two series. But I think you have to give it to the Suns, coached by Notre Dame legend Monty Williams, going into it um, as well. For uh, reason one, despite Paul George making our varsity team deservedly so for the uh, the last um, round of the playoffs uh pandemic p reared his ugly head again in the last game um i know he's been good so far in the playoffs but like last night missing those two free throws at the end can't happen and it gave the suns a shot to win the game which they took um i think that's something that's hard to recover from mentally and like i don't think he'll fall off a cliff and be like horrific but for them to win without Kawhi, they need to be pretty much perfect and get perfect performances from especially him like he gave in games five and six of the second round but like i don't know it's a sign that he's like human and not perfect and i just think that'll continue throughout the series second the clippers are banged up too and will stay so longer than the suns like chris ball's coming back next game as we mentioned at the top um Kawhi's status is pretty uncertain still at this point and they don't know whether he'll play against the suns they're also missing serge Ibaka Mm. and like they're just, you know, they have less, they'll have more fatigue going forward. And I just think that, you know, maybe they'll eke out a win, but them going a seven-game series against the Suns, I just don't see uh, them winning. And on top of all that, Devin Booker's playing excellently, 40-point triple-double in game one. So I think it's safe to say the Suns are the best bet to win the West.
3: Yeah, and I think the Suns are definitely a better team than the teams the Clippers have come back against, right? Like, the Mavericks have, like, a... But the Mavericks weren't a good team like overall, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Nuggets were a pretty good team, but they definitely had limitations, right? And they had holes, obviously, mm-hmm. that they exploded yeah. with Rudy Gobert. And, yeah, I think the Suns just overall are a better team. Yeah, they're getting Chris Paul back now. A little more athleticism, a little younger, too. you know. Mm-hmm. And now, now that we're getting into the third round of the playoffs, I'm sure that's got to be having some sort of effect, some co- sort of compounding effect, right?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely the thing that the I think the Clippers were scared of was going like back home down two zero with Chris Paul coming back. Like, yeah. I think if it was one yeah. one, um, and they're going back home. Like, even with Chris Paul coming back, like they could they can make a case for themselves. But but yeah, it's still very much unclear whether Kawhi is going to come back at all. It it seems like he's not yeah. going to. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, it, it does feel like a an easy Suns pick. Um but that's what the clippers want us to say. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, moving on to the east, probably a more interesting case given that the, the Hawks are up one oh. Pretty much everyone picked the Bucks. Do we see the Hawks actually taking it or no?
3: I'm still going Bucks, personally. I'm still going Bucks <laughs>
0: too. Why, what do you think? You're a Bucks
2: hater, do you think they, <laughs> they pull it out?
3: Hawks and six. Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> and
2: seven. Hawks and seven. Yeah, okay. I wrote down a I wrote down Bucks and six in my notes because I think the Hawks barely beat the Sixers and the Sixers have basically no got basically no offense um, from their primary ball handler and that's not going to happen with the Bucks. Like they eked out a serious win when like Ben Simmons did nothing and I think the hawk the Bucks are a more complete team than the Sixers are if everybody's playing well. Um, Drew Holiday is not going to put in a Ben Simmons performance. Giannis will put up similar numbers to Embiid. Middleton's playing great. Um, and so I just think that, like, at the end of the day, they'll have more talent to win out.
1: Here, here's what I think. I think they can exploit Giannis the same way that they explo- exploited Ben Simmons. To and, and I don't think... I agree, I think you're right, that the Bucks have a better second star. So if, even if Giannis doesn't play very well, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are going to be there. P.J. Tucker is going to be there. But I do think that they can exploit Giannis' poor free throw shooting in limited offensive game the same way they exploited Ben Simmons. So I give, I'm give i giving Hawks a chance. And because you guys egged me on, I'm picking Hawks in seven. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. That's fair. yeah, I had Hawks written down in my notes as seven. But I think that was largely because I want them to win. Um but I, I think the Hawks are dangerous in that they're they're shooters, right? They got shooters, they can go off. If they go off at the right times, yeah. they can <clears> take <throat> down anyone. And I think the premise of a lot of the picks of Bucks over Hawks is that the Bucks are the better team, just you know, have been. But I mean if we look at you know the second from the second half onwards, the Hawks are right up there with the Bucks and anyone else in the East in terms of best record in terms Mm -hmm. of who looked the best. Um, So I don't think it's as much as, like, looking at the picks for it, it seemed like it was pretty much all Bucks. I disagree with that. Um, Obviously, they seem to have shown something tonight, the Hawks. Um, The one thing kind of going against the Hawks, to some degree, is that they're a bit hobbled. Um, DeAndre Hunter's obviously out. Um, Bogdan had a sore knee that took him out a couple games the last series and is not at full strength. So we'll see how much that plays into it but i do see this being a deep series um and i think it'll be a little bit more interesting than the west yeah
3: the hawks definitely are a never say die team yeah they're they're very scrappy and
0: exactly yeah Yeah. scrappy is definitely the word (laughs) we'll see um but moving on to our, our last nba topic we're gonna move away from playoff teams um, to the you know 2026 NBA champion <laughs> OKC Thunder um, yeah. acquired another aging star um for more first round picks they acquired um a first round pick from the Celtics um in order to take on Kemba's contract um, and as they've done before with Chris Paul oh. and uh they now currently have i think is it 17 draft picks in the next like 7 or 8 drafts I wish I... I I think it's like yeah it's some ridiculous number or it's not seven or eight drafts I think it's like six drafts or something but it's some oh. crazy amount of picks for the thunder they've been seriously hoarding um why what are your thoughts on the the trade in general the the Kemba move
1: the the thunder make me laugh because I, I they really are just the only person they're like the prime trade candidate in the NBA and they have so many draft picks when I saw the draft lottery get listed out, yeah. I just saw 13 other picks that the Thunder haven't owned yet. because <laughs> they were, And I know that they were going to make a move for him, but uh, I don't actually think Kemba's going to play for the Thunder this, off, this season. I think this is going to be kind of one of those moves where at least Chris Paul, people were thinking that he was at the very end of his NBA career mm-hmm. and that he may not be a huge contributor and definitely like a locker room problem. Uh, but... Yeah. So he had to play a year to kind of prove that. I think Kemba right now is biggest. The narrative around him is that he just hasn't been very healthy. Yeah. And he's going to be coming off a yeah, I mean... longer offseason. season. Um, he's a great scorer still. And I believe that like guys like the Heat, the Mavs, the Lakers are going to be eyeing up Kemba. So it may not even take him past the all-star break for the Thunder to trade him. I don't even know if he actually makes it into the year for a team to trade, <laughs> yeah. him, trade for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Also correction the thunder have 38 draft picks their name over yeah. the next seven years including like, <laughs> the rights or conditional rights to 17 first round picks they I have mean, three it's... first round picks this year uh, yeah. this draft which is crazy it... anyway continue but that's absurd yeah. obviously mm-hmm. hmm.
3: but here's the problem though with with hoarding draft picks is you can't really build through the draft the same way you can do in the nfl like in the NFL, mm-hmm. you, the guys you but you draft in like the 5th round could become pro bowlers, right? Or all, even all-pros. Where you don't really see that happen just because there's also less players that play in the NBA, right? You don't see that happen and like first round picks are a bust a lot more often than they are in the NFL. So I don't know how I mean, if you're trying to build through the draft, how effective that's going to be or if you're trying to ship those out to get stars how lucrative of a like package that will be For, i mean all it takes side. is, is yeah, one hit if it. you
2: have 17 first round <laughs> picks like one uh, it doesn't like, take I just mean, one if, hit that one star doesn't I do mean, it anymore i mean if you look at it like the Head sixers shot. like have basically had one hit on like, it hasn't their, worked. like they haven't made five... it
3: to the eastern conference finals yet
2: well i mean they've that's... been like consistent playoff contenders so like and they had yeah, like that's, far that's less picks want okay the process you know, the process
3: know, i'm i'm not trusting dead. the process anymore it's done that but, being said
2: no. <laughs> returning like even like with 17 draft yeah. picks at least one of them has to hit yeah and if you even get like and if and if just one of them hits then you're like good if two of them hit then you're and great. If all like 17? i just think that all yeah, 17 exactly. <laughs> you never lose a game again <laughs> Oh, God. They're going to be
0: like the, the Rays in baseball, where they just like draft well. Yeah. And they don't re sign anybody, but they can just, you know, keep picking mm. ridiculous talent. Yeah.
1: I think that the Thunder are <laughs> definitely poised to trade for another star, whoever that might be. And mm. I'm not going to say it's Ben Simmons because I don't know if the 76ers want picks in return for Ben Simmons. I think they would rather have another player, but maybe a player like Ben Simmons who just kind of needs to move on to another area. And then the Thunder could be like, I have a handful of first-round picks I can give you. And then they give them like, two. And then they get some back for us or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even if they decide to do it with Kemba this offseason, they can trade Kemba somewhere with a couple first-round picks and come back. Because I know that when they have 17, they could trade seven of them and still be in really yeah. good shape to draft a star player. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, they can go one, one for ten, you know? <laughs> So it's uh, oh, they have to be they can't even keep all those players in that roster so they have I to be know. looking to get <clears throat> something back for them down the road at some point
0: yeah
3: john wall <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, john the one. Wall he's, he's worth seven budget. first
0: round picks yeah 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 it's interesting though because the like it's not like the thunder can i don't know the thunder aren't really known for like like spending on stars right um so i guess they could take on a a star they believe in's contract i kind of think though that their plan here is just to actually accumulate a a lot of young talent and see what happens try to recreate the kd yeah like years yeah because we've talked about the fact that and even during this episode we've talked about the fact that we think that the nba draft is a crapshoot. um but obviously you're increasing your odds and yeah i think they are trying to go for the you know the katie westbrook harden kind of era where they just you know happen on those guys and not all those guys were drafted you know in the top like three picks right i mean durant was what number two or something but um harden was like five or something and westbrook a little later i feel it like i think it's still very possible if the the thunder have a bunch of lottery picks over the next seven years to get a couple superstars and make that happen without having to actually spend take on someone's enormous contract and then they can surround them with like solid veterans with all their extra draft picks when they when they think they actually have a team Yeah,
3: so they also, they, hard... they were all top four picks actually yeah they were all <laughs> harder was, th- oh, was three
2: westbrook was four oh, and durant was two crazy oh, yeah disappointing I know. Yeah. But none of them so, were number one. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, gotta, you know? yeah exactly. They just uh, yeah, got to hope right. on, yeah. Okay. They got to <laughs> pray on the lottery.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Take us home, Lucas. Well,
2: with that, thank you for listening to this episode of the Youth Thought Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll see you again next week at this time. But between then, make sure that you like us or follow us on Twitter. And on Instagram, we're at YouThoughtSport. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, whenever you get your pods. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.